my name is Isabel Morse. I would like you all to call me Izzy, if that's all right. Um, I, my pronouns are she, her, and they, them, and I identify as bisexual and androgynous. I usually don't say I identify as androgynous. I just kind of let it happen. Today, on the 21st Century Classroom, we hear about the creation of the Crossit Brook Queer Straight Alliance. It's a group for LGBTQ students, that's lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and questioning, and their allies, to learn about themselves and support each other during middle school. We'll hear about what they learned and what they taught adults along the way. Teachers gather at Crossett Brook Middle School in Duxbury, Vermont, at an afternoon staff meeting in January. Teachers sit in small groups, talking animatedly and arranging little slips of paper. They're trying to match LGBTQ vocabulary with definitions. As one table struggles to understand the difference between biological sex, gender identity, and gender expression, a seventh grade student wanders over to their table to help. A few students also circulate throughout the room, helping teachers with the learning activity. These students are members of Crossett Brook's recently formed Queer Straight Alliance, QSA. The students created the vocabulary activity, and they're running the staff meeting. But for staff, the learning has just begun. After the vocabulary matching exercise ends, the students seat themselves at the front of the room. They've arranged the chairs so they appear as an expert panel. The faculty sponsor, Profe, stands up and explains that each student will introduce themselves before opening it up to questions. And everybody is wondering how exactly this is going to go. Jamie, would you like to start? No. <laughs> I'll start. Okay, okay, Izzy, Yay, Izzy. Okay, hello, my name is Isabel Morse. I would like you all to call me Izzy, if that's all right. Um, I, my pronouns are she, her, and they, them, and I identify as bisexual and androgynous. I usually don't say I identify as androgynous. I just kind of let it happen. Um, but, so, do I just explain, like, my story? Yeah, say a couple yeah. sentences. Um, I never really, like, came out to my parents. They just kind of slowly figured it out, and my brother was the first one to be like, you like females, and I was like, yes, because I would just kind of slowly talk about who I was attracted to with my parents, and then they just kind of slowly figured it out, and I just now, like, addressed it and said, you guys know this, right? And they both, they both said yes, they're totally fine with it. So it was a pretty smooth experience. After this, the three other students on the panel share their stories. Not all of their coming out experiences were as smooth as Izzy's. In fact, some of the students haven't yet come out to their families. There were some awkward moments as students shared intense feelings and recounted emotional experiences. There were some tears from both students and teachers as one student talked about harassment he had experienced. As the accession unfolded, the teacher's respect for the everyday courage of these students was palpable. There was also a lot of discussion about basic issues of interaction. Teachers asked students how they should know what pronouns to use, how to make sure they weren't outing students, and what to do to make their classrooms LGBTQ friendly. Izzy ended the afternoon with an invitation. 
I know a lot of teachers are here early in the morning. I know a lot of you have a lot of work, but if you ever find a free morning on Wednesday, we're in there. Um, and also, like, if you have a direct thing that you don't think, like, the entire staff needs to know, I think you could always go to Profe or one of one of us and, like, bring up the issue and we could bring it to Profe or, like, we could possibly start, like, um, doing... I would like to start running, like... Um, a QSA letter to give to all of you, like, um, whenever, like, there's an issue or there's something coming up for QSA, I could just send out a big email and you would all be like, oh my gosh, there it is. And, like... This meeting was the product of months of planning. Throughout the fall, Crossett Brooks' QSA student group met twice a week, on Wednesdays and Thursdays. Wednesdays are productive meetings for organizing and activism, while Thursdays are more socially oriented. Here's how Izzy describes the meetings. And so I think it's nice to have those Wednesday mornings so that we can figure out how to set up these big meetings. Like the we had a waffle party and we've had a pizza party with a movie that we watched. We've done two of those and we watched In and Out and Victor Victoria, um, which are both movies about the LGBT community. Um, and Julia Roberts was fantastic. I can't remember. Um, and then I think it's nice to be able to plan like fun things in the morning, but then Thursdays are really nice because you can just kind of go there and we've had people talk about their bullying experiences. Thursday lunches are full of laughs, tense bonding, and peer support. It's nice to be able to have those students open up about their problems and what's happening with them. and. It's nice to have that because then we can kind of, not even just to stop the harassment and bullying, but like, it's just an extra good part that comes with it. And it's like, it feels so nice to just, if, you have, if you've ever sat down with someone and just vented all your problems and then you just kind of sit there and go, ah, that felt better. Just like, you need to talk about it. Or like, when you cry, when you have all this pent up feelings and you just cry and you cry it all out, it's like... Finally, this weight's been lifted off, and it feels really awesome to just be able to be a person that people can go to me and talk about it, because I've had younger students than me. I've had 5th, 6th, and 7th graders come up to me and be like, thank you for bringing me here, because this is really awesome, and they've like told me what their bullying experience is. Here is the faculty sponsor, who goes by Profe with her students as a gender-neutral name on the two days. The group wants to, they like, they want to do that education piece in their community. They want to see the atmosphere, the climate change, mm -hmm. and that's been one of their goals. Um, but I think what brings them is, is the peer support. That's what keeps them coming back, mm -hmm. is that time having, having fun with friends and also feeling like they can be their whole selves mm -hmm. in that space. Profe was an important player in the start of this student group. And Profe let Crossett Brook Principal Tom Drake know during her hiring interview that she was interested in helping LGBTQ students. But the groundwork was being laid before she was even hired. Let's hear more of the backstory, plus a wonderful metaphor, from the educator assigned to be Profe's mentor during her first year. Hi. <laughs> I'm Jennifer Hill, the librarian at Crossett Brook Middle School. The first part of the story is great need. 
without any adult kind of door opening. So I almost imagine it like kind of like we're you know knocking on the door and nobody just kind of sort of was there to open it. So the few things that came together this year that allowed for that is, which is interesting, it uh, there are two things that I'm thinking of, and one of them is a person. So having profe on staff as our world language teacher. Um, to someone who's like, don't you guys hear all that knocking? Like, why? <laughs> then just open the door, you know? And uh, I was Profe's mentor, so when Profe said, you know, what do you think? I said, oh, my God, that would be amazing. Like, just the amount of relief just was tremendous. So, um, so definitely Profe as an experienced leader of Queer Straight Alliances was, was huge and her willingness to do to do it here um, also huge and then interesting among the students was uh, with the bathrooms and I I um, just what what that did in terms of conversations on teams around gender and having gen bathrooms that are no longer gender specific some bathrooms uh, is very interesting. And how did the bathrooms happen? It was like in service in August, and Tom was going to put these signs up on the walls of the bathrooms that were gender neutral. Like <laughs> it was kind of funny because it was like either boy or girl, or whatever. And, and then someone was like, "Just do like just toilet, you know, like something simple." So we did that. And, uh, and uh, so I don't know what prompted, like, I, I don't recollect saying, oh, Tom, why don't we have gender-neutral bathrooms, you know? So I don't know where that came from prior. But it was exciting. I was thrilled, absolutely thrilled. And this, folks, is how change in schools happens. It's a combination of student need and adults who are willing to notice and listen. Often. Random acts like a bathroom sign put up by the principal can spark conversations and set in motion a chain of events. A new teacher helped launch this student group. Then the students ran an entire staff meeting. Teachers started to put up signs in their rooms designed by the student group that signaled safe spaces. The health teachers even consulted with the student group to revise the gender identity unit in the health curriculum. There's also the importance of tapping into resources, organizations, and models from outside the school to strengthen and accelerate the change. As a student, Profe had worked with an advocacy organization called Outright Vermont. As a faculty sponsor, Profe arranged for some of CrossFit Brooks' QSA students to attend an Outright Vermont event. Here's how Izzy explains it. We've gone to a, um, it's called a fall conference that Outright puts on, which is Outright is the LGBT advocacy like program for Vermont um, and they brought in GLAD which is I can't remember what the acronym is but it's talking it's like all about the legal um, harassment of students in the LGBT community and how um, if there's a problem with pronouns or teachers not accepting you when legally they have to accept you and use proper pronouns or else it could legally bind them in a situation which usually stops the harassment because once you bring in legal aspects it shuts down the harassment and bullying especially from teachers um, which I've heard happen which is just not 
morally correct. The empowerment of these students seems to be institutionalized and fully supported. Outright Vermont provided students with networking opportunities and access to key information, like the lowdown on their legal rights. They also had a presence at the QSA-run staff meeting to provide moral support. And they even provided materials and instruction for the revamped gender identity unit in the health curriculum. All very helpful. Yet there needed to be student leaders there to get things moving. To knock on the door, to urge adults to open it. Which all helps to illustrate two things to recognize about young adolescents making change. They are capable of way more than you might imagine, but they need support. Here's Profe's thoughts on the power of middle schoolers to create change when given the right support. If anything, this group has exceeded my, my expectations. Um, coming from a high school, I feel like middle schoolers are still busy, but they have a little more space to kind of take on different projects and tasks. Mm. And um, it felt like there was just less competition for that time. Um, and these guys have just a lot of passion in the process of doing a lot of discovery. So they're figuring a lot out. And I think that that middle school dynamic of really like being at the beginning of their journeys has some more vigor to, to it than mm. the high school dynamic wow. that I've seen. Um, yeah, I think they've, they've done a good job really following through on things and, and coming up with ideas for what they want to see. And then I, you know, having done this before, having been involved in the community, it's easy to pull from other sources to kind of um, fit their ideas in with something that's already been done um, so that there's more of a template and some structure and kind of scaffolding how to hmm. get them from that idea to, to something they want to create. Um, but they've been good at doing their part to, to make that happen. As you've probably noticed by now, Izzy is the de facto leader of Crossett Brooks' QSA group. She's well-respected by her LGBTQ peers, as you can hear from Jamie's story at the staff meeting. Oh, wait, real quick. Have to thank Izzy over here, because if it weren't for Izzy, uh, the first time I saw the uh, announcement for the CBPA, I was like, hey, I kind of want to go to this, but I'm really awkward and a little seventh grader. So Izzy asked me if I wanted, if I was going to go to the meeting, and I was like, sure. So if, I, if it weren't for Izzy asking me that question, I probably wouldn't be as comfortable in myself as I am. And Izzy is firmly grounded in her identity as an LGBTQ student. Here's Izzy at one of the lunch meetings, sharing an example of responding to another student. Um, when I say, like, I'm going to QSA, they're like, oh, you're going to gay club? And I'm like, no, I'm going to a place where everyone's accepted. You should come, too. Izzy credits her self-confidence and poise to her family, but also to early experiences being bullied. Um, I learned most of this from my father, actually. Definitely my mother, but, um, when I was, and it helped a lot. <laughs> it's so weird to say this, but it helped a lot to be bullied when I was younger, um, I was targeted when I was younger by a girl who was way shorter than me, way skinnier than me, and I was kind of a chubby kid, so it was always like, oh, you're fat, you're gross, and, like, you're you're way too tall, you're freakishly tall, you're a giant, and that kind of stuff, and, like, it stuck with me for a long time, and then my dad would say, you can't change how other people think of you, but you can change the way you think, and I thought that was a really, really wise thing 
um, to say because it really changed my views on things. And like he also said, uh, where you can cha you can't change how other people act or think or what they do, but you can change what you do and how you think. And so it really switched my point of view on things because I was always trying to get the other kids to stop, but. I just ended up ignoring it and like honestly there's not much you can do with you can't fix someone else's ignorance you can just try and help them and say like explain to them hey this is what I'm feeling when you say this kind of stuff. And Izzy has a message for people who wonder if middle school's too young to be dealing with serious issues of identity. Um, and I've had like a bunch of um, people pass away in my family who are really big influences in my life and like even though I'm only 14, I've had to deal with all these heavy subjects that I've just spoken about. And, like, I think if I had, if I write down, like, all of these events and feelings that I've had over the past even five years, um, and I didn't put what age I was, what gender I was, like, what uh, sexuality, what anything, anything about me, um, I think some people may they would just look at it and say like wow this is really different or this is a strange or a different way of thinking about it or like this is really cool that this person is so in detail and so like able to um what's the word <laughs> able to articulate their feelings so well and um I think a lot of people see it as like when you're young you can't have experience with these type of topics but um, I've had all of these things happen to me in the past five or six years, and I still, it's only been 14 years since I was brought to the planet. Um, and so I think it's just, it's not, I don't think anyone should take away um, the importance and, um, like, the, what do you call it? Um, I can't find the word, but no one should take away the importance or the, the substantialness, I think, maybe, of someone's feelings or problems or emotions because, or experiences just because of their certain age or because they're a certain race or gender or sexuality or something. Like, it really doesn't matter. We're all humans. Developmental research suggests that middle school is a time when students are most influenced by their peers. And the students involved in the Queer Straight Alliance at Crossett Brook Middle School, at least, have carved out a special kind of space in which they support each other in their emerging identities. But this space isn't a protective bubble shut off from the rest of the school, because it follows students throughout their day. It creates, like, this close-knit community in between the school, and so, like, whenever you see someone that you've helped, or whenever you see someone from QSA, you just kind of high-five in the hallway, and you're like... QSA jokes with, um, you obviously can't see me doing that, but I just did my awkward finger guns because it goes well with it. Um, and it's just like you can incorporate little inside jokes and stuff, and it's just really nice to have such an accepting community of kids in the school that you can, like, match your feelings with. <laughs> That's not the right set of words, but, like, you can associate yourself with such an accepting group. Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> Educators of young adolescents know that for students to be successful in school, they need to have their basic human needs met. Students need to feel safe, they need to feel respected, and ideally they feel empowered and inspired. The QSA has managed to do that so successfully that the faculty sponsor, Profe, 
wondered aloud about how to recreate this for the non-LGBTQ students in the school. Yeah, how do you create that safe space for kids? Um, and that's a question that's come up before, I, you know, doing retreats and things like the whole world of difference when they do retreats. There's, uh, you know, the ground rules that are set in the spaces, space that's created there is usually one that it isn't always comfortable. There's conflict in that space. People have opposing views, but, you know, you're, you're allowed to sit with that discomfort and you're still, you know, respected for, your, for what you're bringing to the table in your perspectives. Um, and I think people really feel that kind of safeness in that space, too. Um, Summit brought that to a level I hadn't seen in terms of the enthusiasm of celebrating other people. And I think part of that was the age group, that there were a lot of middle school and young high school students, and that there's just a lot of passion in that age. So when they're, when they're focusing that in a positive direction and supporting each other, they just have a lot to give. Um, but where, yeah, how do you get that to other kids? How do you give that experience to everyone where they feel that much like they can be their whole selves? Because I think a lot of kids are missing that today. I think a lot of kids miss that a lot in adolescence, but I think in the digital world, there's a lot of posturing and figuring out how to look a certain way or like being yourself in spaces and then being shut down because there are trolls all over the place. There's a lot more acceptability of just negative stuff. Kids get a lot of that. Creating safe spaces in schools is perhaps more important now than ever before. Schools have nothing to lose by creating supportive spaces like QSAs, where love and acceptance are the norm. In fact, in a 21st century school, these kinds of spaces may be absolutely necessary. One of my friends, they were very um, kind of withdrawn, very quiet, and now that I've met them and they've come into QSA, they've, like, I can see how much, like, more open and happy and um, how happy they are, and I think it's a lot because of the QSA and just a big group of people accepting each other, and what I always say is, like, it's the famous old saying, but you literally get nothing taking o- taken away from loving someone. It's free. You don't lose any. Uh, and it's just love everyone. You don't lose things from loving people or accepting people. The 21st Century Classroom is the podcast of the Tarrant Institute for Innovative Education. You can find out more about the Tarrant Institute at blog.tarrantinstitute.org and follow us on Twitter at, at @innovativeed. This episode was produced by Life Ligeros. The music, as always, is by Dirtwire. Huge thanks to the faculty, students, and families at Crossbrook Middle School, especially the students of the QSA group. And special thanks to Izzy Morse, Jamie Atchison, Jen Hill, Tom Drake, and Profet, also known as Gabriel Eli.